Welcome to this week's podcast from Terelgan City Church. We hope this message transforms and equips you to reach out. For more information about what's happening at TCC, head to mytcc.com.au or check us out on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everyone. And good afternoon. Gray! I've made Gray's day. <laughs> He's been so disappointed today, and now there we are. <laughs> and Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing here this morning and this afternoon and today. Because <laughs> I'm sure you started from the early hours of the morning right through. Because your love never ceases. And so, as I bring the word, I ask, Holy Spirit, that it be your word. I ask that you would speak into each one of us that we have ears to hear and minds to take hold of those truths that you want to speak to us this day. Amen. So over the months of June and July, we've explored the multifaceted awesomeness of the Holy Spirit together. It is through him we have become new creations in Christ. The old is gone and the new is here. He is the one who is doing the sanctifying work in us and always, always points us to our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. We are stamped with the seal of, of the promised Holy Spirit, which my, Pastor Megan spoke on last week. Through him we are assured of our inheritance and have received his spirit of boldness, his spirit of wisdom, and his power and his authority. He bestows upon us his spiritual gifts, and there are many, and I'm not even going to list them all, prophecy and healing and discernment, and so much more. And through him, we produce the fruit of the Spirit, and it's only through the Holy Spirit. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. And when I read that list, I think, gee, I certainly don't produce them at all, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but they are the fruits of the Spirit. Thank God for that. And you may wonder why we've concentrated so passionately on the person of the Holy Spirit. Well, it's because unless we have a revelation of who the Holy Spirit is and the impact that he is already having and will continue to have in and through Trelgan City Church and in and through each one of us personally, we will not move in the power and authority which is available to each of us. Each of us may, must take hold of the fact that we have the Holy Spirit living within us. We must have a personal relationship with him and rely and trust and obey him just as we do with our Lord Jesus Christ because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. And as Jesus said, abide in me and I will abide in you. And I know that we're hungry and honestly quite desperate to see the Holy Spirit's power and authority move in and through Traugan City Church, through signs and miracles and above all salvations. We hunger to see healings and prophecies, words of knowledge and revival break out and our community transformed. And we cry out, Lord, what is hindering the move of the Holy Spirit. 
We can't do it in our own strength. It is only through your power and authority. So what is stopping the Holy Spirit from moving is the question that is upon my heart. And as I sought the Lord, he gave me understanding through his word, which I want to share with you today. Because knowledge is not enough. We can absorb more and more knowledge, but we must have revelation. So are you willing to seek the answer with me today? Do you have hearts that are open to receive God's word? I pray that you do. While Paul was a, minister, a prisoner, most likely in Rome, he wrote a letter to the church in Ephesus, which he had established during one of his missionary trips. He loved God's people, and you can read that in his letters, his deep love for God's people, and desired to see them grow in spiritual maturity. But he was concerned that they were falling back into their old ways from before they had become believers. And by doing so, they were grieving the Holy Spirit. And you can read this in Ephesians. Actually, it starts from about Ephesians 4.17 right through into Ephesians 5. But in Ephesians 4.30, Paul warns the church in Ephesus, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. This is a warning to those who have believed, been baptised and received the Holy Spirit. And I'm sure here Marco knows how to pronounce this word. The Greek word for this is lupe, L-U-P-E, lupe, which means to cause grief or to make sorrowful. In other words, Paul is saying that believers make the Holy Spirit sad by our sinful actions. Now we are talking about believers here. And the message expresses Paul's warning this way. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. God can be grieved by what we do, what we think and what we speak. And the verses surrounding Ephesians 4.30 offer insight into the matters of the heart, the mind and actions that might grieve the Holy Spirit. And so let's take a look at a couple of these. Ephesians 4.29, Paul asks us to consider the words we speak. And I'm, I'm, from these, I'm using the uh, message, I think. I got a bit confused. I was using the message or the amplified, so it'll be going from one or the other. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps each word a gift. So here he's advising us to stick to what builds up, helps and benefits others and brings joy and pleasure. And so corrupt communication is talk that tears down, that hurts and is contrary to others' best interests and grieves, above all, grieves the Holy Spirit. Words like this um, are sin. And, you know, it says in the Bible that our words bring either life or death. Words are so, so powerful. And even as a parent, you've got to be so aware of what you're speaking to your children because you can never take back words, ever. It's impossible. Once they're spoken, that's it. And 
they can hurt deeply and remain with people. That when you speak positive, beautiful words into people, they're words of life. We must really endeavour to speak words of life. And Ephesians 4.31, Paul provides us with specific examples of this corrupt communication or rotten talk. Make a clean break with all cutting, backbiting, profane talk, which means like swearing and that sort of stuff. Be gentle with one another and sensitive. And this reminded me of scriptures in the Bible. It speaks about the heart. Luke 6.45. It's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. And words can make known the hidden things of the heart. If you have filth or hurtful, cruel words coming out of your mouth, then, you know, honestly, it would be wise to have a look at the state of our heart if we're saying negative words. And you might not even realise what's lurking within yourself unless you make the effort to listen to yourself. And sometimes I think it wouldn't be a bad idea if we got a recorder and sometimes recorded the way we speak. And I think we'd all be quite shocked at things that we might say in anger or frustration or whatever it may be. And even the tone of the voice as much as the words that are spoken. So watching your words is a tool God gives you to begin to look into your heart and detect attitudes that do grieve him. And then you should work to get rid of them with the help, of course, of the Holy Spirit. And a good way to start is by asking for forgiveness, recognising that you are speaking words that grieve the Holy Spirit. Ask for forgiveness and that wonderful word, repent, turn from those things turn from them it takes effort and it's a choice that we each make but if we have the desire not to make the Holy Spirit sorrowful if we want to see him move powerfully through us then we need to make this effort now it seems to me that our most dangerous battlefield or battleground however takes place in the mind those things that we think and no one else knows about except God. He knows. And let's be honest, guys, there can be some pretty mucky thoughts going on in our minds if we allow them to. Unforgiveness, perceived offences, unhealthy fantasies. And, well, you, you know what I'm talking about things that can just pop in the mind. Now, you've got a choice there too. You might have a negative thought come to your mind. Now, you can either nurture that and take hold of it and think, well, yes, I'm going to start imagining all sorts of stuff here and feed that thought, or you can tell it straight away to get lost. Get out of here. I'm not taking you on. And we have, we're in a battle. It is a battleground because they're either thoughts of our own, when we're in, in dark places and not feeling the best and we can have these thoughts, or they are thoughts of the enemy. They're things that he puts into our mind. And we have to be very, very aware of this. And straight away, one of my favourite words, nip them in the bud, right? Cut them off where they start. Don't even allow them to take hold. 
And 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, Paul says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So be aware, God knows every thought that we have. Nothing's hidden from him. And we will have to give account to God one day for our thoughts, as well as our words and our deeds. So if we keep short accounts, if we don't allow these words and these thoughts to take hold, but dismiss them, dismiss them straight away and, and stay in that good place, I guess, with the Holy Spirit. But it's good for us. It's, it's healthy for us to be like that, to have a clean mind and a clean mouth as well. And it takes effort. It's your choice to fight back or roll over like little dogs do in submission with your little legs stuck up in the air. I think they like their tummies rubbed too. But don't submit to the enemy whose only goal ever is to destroy us. That's his only goal. So steadfastly resist and reject evil and unwholesome thoughts in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, claiming the blood of Jesus over your life. And it's a spiritual battle. So always be careful we say, oh, yes, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. But we're very much in the world. Be careful of what your eyes see and what your ears hear. There's that song, um, I don't know, you know, be careful of what you see, what you see, what you see, or something like that, or listen to. And we're the same as adults because there's so much evil in the world. In so many different forms, we're just inundated, which can influence the way we speak and the way we think, so be very discerning. And so Paul once again says in Philippians 4.8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Isn't that, I love that scripture. It's just beautiful. Set yourself aside from the things of the world. Sit and read God's word and be fed by his word. Sit and share in communion with God and spend time with him. In company with other believers. Building up, not pulling down. And so it is so important, as is what's spoken by Jesus himself in Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness. That's what we must do. Seek first the kingdom of God and, its right, and his righteousness. Recently I cleaned out my fridge. Um, now, it wasn't particularly dirty, but I did notice a few marks and some dried up grapes that it's Grapes had managed to roll under the bottom drawer and um, there was some stuff out of date. And even though no one else looks in my fridge, it's only me. I don't, Trevor doesn't notice, that's what I mean. <laughs> he opens the fridge but he wouldn't have a clue. Um, you listening, Trev? <laughs> so he wouldn't even know I'd cleaned it. Um, but I knew that it needed cleaning. 
and it looked, you know, after I'd done it, it was really great, all sparkly clean. And sometimes our minds need a bit of a clean out also, don't they? A bit of a sweep out. So just hand it all over to God, ask for forgiveness and repent. Turn away from all those thoughts, words or deeds that you know grieve the Holy Spirit. And once more, this brought me onto a bit of a track while I was thinking about these, these things that happen in our body, in our, in our mouth, from our mouth, from our mind and actions. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 to 20, this is beautiful. Do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you? whom you have received as a gift from God. You are not your own. You are bought with a price, purchased with preciousness and paid for, made his own. So then, honour God and bring glory to him in your body. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Our body is his sanctuary. He lives within each one of us. And the sins that we commit through thought, word and deed greatly sorrow him and thus hinders the ministry of the Holy Spirit. For as Paul warns in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 19 to 21, do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. And in the Greek, quench means to extinguish, to put out. And other words that we would use would be to suppress or restrain or subdue his ministry. And this Greek word was used to refer to putting out fires and sparks or the putting out of a lamp. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is evidenced by the flames or the tongues of fire, as we read in Acts chapter 2, verse 3. The Holy Spirit's ministry is like a fire, and we are warned by Paul not to quench or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. And so both the meaning of the Greek and the context of the passage tell us the ministry of the Spirit as he speaks into the church of Ephesus is Paul's concern, as I'm sure it would be for all believers. We are not to quench the ministry of the Spirit. And God, Paul is talking about not hindering the ministry. Is he just talking about that? Ministry, the ministry of the gifts of the Spirit, which we haven't, don't evidence in a great deal? Or is he speaking about the convicting ministry of the Spirit or the teaching ministry of the Spirit or his ministry of leading and filling? What is he speaking about here? He's speaking about it all, isn't he? The ministry of the Holy Spirit encompasses all of these things. And there's only one way to hinder the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We hinder the Spirit's work in our life when we sin because we grieve him. It's very, very simple. And, you know, we, I'm not saying people are going around sinning terribly. This is... We all sin at times, don't we? We all struggle with that. We can fall back on old ways and old thinkings and old ways of speaking, depending on maybe the pressures of life or, or whatever's going on. 
but we must not allow them to have a, take a foothold to remain there. We've got to sort them out straight away. And so Ephesians 5, 14 to 18, this is how Paul really appeals to the church of Ephesus. And he's saying, this is what God says, Therefore, he says, awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ shall shine upon you and give you light. Look carefully then how you walk, live purposely and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Be ever filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. That's what happens when you praise and worship. That's what was happening this morning, being filled with the Holy Spirit. In the parable of the ten virgins, this reminded me once more of that story. I won't go, I'm not going to read the whole story to you, but you know that Jesus, this is Jesus' parable, and they were asking him, you know, when he was going to be returning, and he was warning about being ready, and because he could come at any time unexpectedly, and he speaks of five wise virgins and five foolish or unwise virgins. And they were given the responsibility of being prepared and ready to meet the bridegroom. They simply had to wait for his coming with their lamps burning and ensuring that they had extra supply of oil to keep them alight. Well, we know that oil is the symbol of the Holy Spirit. So the five wise virgins, it says, took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So they had another bottle of oil there while the foolish virgins took their lamps and probably had some oil in their lamp and took no oil, extra oil with them. So they all represented the church, but only half were continually being filled with the Holy Spirit, while the others neglected to be continually filled and the ministry of the Holy Spirit was extinguished in and through them. Their lamps went out. And you can read that in Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13. We must always be prepared and be ever filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. And this is a wonderful command. It results in victory over sin and increased usefulness to God as his Holy Spirit ministers into us and through us. When we're filled, we're walking in his Spirit And we are filled and constantly, as we are filled and constantly walk in his spirit, we find increasing victory over sin. We become more discerning. We recognise what the enemy is trying to do in our life. And we rebuke and we stand up against the work of the enemy in our life. Not to yield to his Holy Spirit hinders the Spirit's ministry in our life and through us. So we are continually filled with the Holy Spirit as we remain in relationship with our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, 
and as we yield to the Holy Spirit's voice as he teaches, leads and guides us. We must not remain in sin and let it stay in our lives, but resist the devil. And the word says he will flee. Keep short accounts, examine yourself, deal with your sin. Ask for forgiveness, for our God is gracious and merciful and will forgive. And sincerely, I'm not just saying, just say words that you think please God, but sincerely repent and turn from your sin. Let nothing hinder the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We're in urgent times. And this morning we spoke and Pastor Megan ministered into us about those chains being broken off, the chains of sin. And we're talking here, yes, we're talking about those who don't know Jesus Christ is their Lord and Saviour, but also within the church, those chains that start tying us up and hindering and they're broken off, they need to be broken off and set free and through the power of the Holy Spirit, through us being willing and desiring to move into a greater relationship with our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, those, bra- those chains are broken off. And we will see, I can promise you this, we see the Holy Spirit moving, nothing hindering him. As we step out as an army, standing against the enemy, standing against the influences of the world, standing against our own negative thoughts and ways, and fighting that battle through the enabling of the Holy Spirit, we will and we are victors through Jesus Christ and we are going to make a difference in this community and we will see the power of the Holy Spirit moving powerfully and it says in Chronicles 2 Chronicles chapter 7 14 if my people I want you to listen to this and I want you to grab hold of it if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. This is a promise of God. And I will forgive their sin and I will heal their hand, their land. Now here, I'm claiming that for spiritual healing. I know it can be used for floods and fires and it is used that way. But in my understanding for our times now, this is a promise that as we acknowledge our sins, as we humble ourselves and pray and seek God's presence and turn our backs on our sinful ways, God has promised to listen from heaven, forgive our sins and spiritually spiritually restore our nation. And this morning I claim that in the name of Jesus Christ. Will you stand alongside me and claim that? Are you willing to stand up and stand against a sin that can take hold of our lives? Are we going to stand up as an army and say enough is enough? We are not going to let words and thoughts and deeds hold back the move of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We don't want to see people going to hell. We don't want to be a church that just plays church anymore. We want to stand up like an army and we're going to stand alongside our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And we're going to stand strong and in victory as we make that stand. And we will see the nation of Australia 
we claim it for the Lord Jesus Christ. This land spiritually healed in Jesus' name. And there will be floods, but there'll be floods of the Holy Spirit pouring into this nation. So we are going to right now. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope that you've been challenged and inspired. For more information about Tarelgan City Church, check out mytcc.com.au.